Good morning. Good morning, everyone. Happy Sunday. All right. What a blessing. Uh, I call it a double blessing because we live in the, in the beautiful city of Seattle and we have a beautiful weather. It's a double blessing, right? <laughs> well, triple blessing because you are here in the house of the, in the, house of the Lord. I mean, okay. So today, right, um, I just want to say um, happy Sunday to everybody who are watching online as well. So today we are going to do something different. Uh, today is the fifth Sunday of the month and then we announced earlier this year that every fifth Sunday of the month, yeah, we are not going to listen to the uh, preaching from the preacher, uh, preacher team, but this is the heart of our senior pastor, Pastor Irwan, to give the platform to all a new, or not new, but the next leaders in our church. Right? They are leaders, right, in our church, and they are part of our next generation leadership for the church. Okay? So today is my honor to, in, well, in, to call because I think everybody already know uh, both of them. So today I would like to invite Kathleen and Dama. Come on, come on into the stage. All right. So I know everybody already knows them, but I just want to uh, give a quick uh, introduction. So, so Dama, so he's the, our coach in Edmonds College Cat Group, right? He is also the Sunday Service Director. So guys, if you have a complaint about your Sunday service, call this guy, okay? And uh, he married to, to Anne. Uh, where's Anne? Oh, no Anne? Okay, so he, he has uh, two children, right? Yeah, two children, right? Yeah, one and, and, and the second one is coming, yeah. Bless. And then Kathleen is the coach for Shoreline Care Group. Yay, Shoreline! And she's also the head of Usher. Okay, so, for Sunday. And, I mean, she's doing a lot of things. She's helping on the sounds, on the live stream as well. Right, so it's a multi-talented person. Okay, so today, guys, we are going to read uh, Luke chapter 15, uh, verse 11 to 32. Uh, I know that this is a very well-known parable about the, uh, the parable of the lost son. Okay, so Dhamma is going to share five minutes from that passage, and then uh, Catherine also is going to share five minutes from that passage, and then we are going to follow up with a, uh, a Q&A, uh, question and answer. Okay, all right, enjoy, guys. Okay. Hi everyone. Um, thank you, Pastor Kismet. <laughs> so I just gonna um, give a brief of brief of um, background of the passage. So uh, there was a man with two sons. Um, when his father is still alive, the younger one asked for half of his portion. Um, nevertheless, the father gave it to him. And he left his, his father. Then he wanders around, spent everything. And just when he has lost everything, he remembered about his father's goodness. And then he tried to come back to his father. Even though that he felt that he's not worthy, his father's still waiting for his return and embraced him. I think looking at the background of this um, story, when Jesus tells this parable, most of uh, Jesus' audience is Jewish, right? So, this is this is very extreme. Like, um, you don't ask for a portion of or inheritance, especially when your father is still alive. I mean, if my son is asking for that, man, <laughs> you're gonna get it. Just kidding. Um, but you know, um, this son is very ungrateful, 
and disrespectful and out of his mind. But um, this father's love, you know, like he's still waiting for the son and welcomes him. And he even threw a party for the son. You know, I uh, when when Pastor Ismet told me about this story, um, and Dama, can you relate to the son? I was like, yes, I can totally relate to the son, which is for me, it's the younger son. So um, I don't know if you guys know, but um, I wasn't born Christian. So I came from a Buddhist background. My families are still Buddhist too. Um, but I grew up in a Christian school. So I, I hear, I, I, I heard about a story about God. We pray in the school, but I only know him by name. I took his love for granted. You know, I, uh, when, when, when I came to Seattle, uh, my friends here in the church, they pray for my salvation, but, but yeah, I don't, I don't seek the relationship with God. Um, I don't know if you guys did this, but I remember when um, I was in freshman, um, I, I got the curiosity of like, I want to find out if, if God is real or not. So I asked for a sign. It wasn't, it wasn't a prayer, but I was really lonely at, at one time at, at my house. So I was like, God, if you're real, I, 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 wanna, I want to go to the church. And just right there, uh, one of my friends came by to my house and asked me, Hey, Dama, what you doing today? Do you want to go to church? I was like, man, this is coincidence. <laughs> so I, I, I took God's love for granted totally. I, every time I'm, I'm in the section where whether God is real or not, I, I think it's a coincidence, you know. So, so that's one thing that I feel like really related. But not until uh, when I was in university, um, the third and fourth year of university, God still pursues me, you know. Um, I... I want to keep track on my chemical engineering ma major, but I was stuck at that time. I wasn't able to, to be in that um, major. And then my father stopped sending me money um, and I was, I was really having a hard time. I was lonely and depressed. And um, this is the turning point where when I lost, I just lost everything, I felt that God is still there for me, you know. He is still waiting for me. So, so I surrender at that time, and I realized that I can't do anything without Him. So I know that I don't deserve it, but God is still pursuing me. And the last one is, um, I felt uh, with the younger son. It's it's very interesting how how he mentioned it twice in Luke fifteen uh, nineteen and twenty one. He he said that. Uh, I want to come back home, but you don't, you don't, if you don't want to accept me as your son, I can be a servant, you know. But this is what is beautiful about our God. Um, he will welcome you with, with hugs and without condemnation, you know. His grace is enough. And, and even though I wasn't born Christian, I felt that, that this is something that my heart longed for, you know. When I accept Christ, I felt that I am home. Yeah, I think I think that's it for me. Yeah, thank you, Pastor. Right. Thank you, Dama. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so I think Dama already talked about the younger sons, right? But when we talk about the parable of uh, the lost son, a lot of people forget that there's actually another son, right? 
there's the older son. Um, in this story, the older son didn't leave the house and didn't ask for the father's inheritance. So he obeyed and he stayed in the father's house. He worked. Um, but when his brother returned uh, from where he was, uh, the older brother was angry. So in the first uh, Luke 15, 28, it says that the older brother became angry and refused to go in. So his father went out and pleaded with him. But he answered his father, Look, all these years I've been slaving for you and never disobeyed your orders. Yet you never gave me even a young goat so I could celebrate with my friends. But when the sons of yours who have squandered your property with prostitutes comes home, so you kill a fattened calf for him. So from these verses, we can see that the older son was angry when his brother returned. Uh, I want to talk why um, the, old, the older brother was angry. He think that the first one is that he think that he was slaving. In the English dictionary, we know that slaving is actually not a good word, right? So it means that you work very hard uh, for whatever it is, but you never get paid for it. So, and the second one that he was never given anything. He felt like he was never appreciated in whatever he's done all these years while his brother was partying outside. And the third one that he couldn't celebrate, he couldn't enjoy whatever he was doing in his father's house. So from this, we can see that the older son, even though he didn't leave the father's house, um, he didn't see whatever what he's doing is actually his. So the father's actually already given the part of the younger son's inheritance, right? So whatever he has right now is actually his. So. If he wants to have a party and kill a fattened calf or a young goat, he actually can do so because it's all his. And when his brother returned, he couldn't even show love and little compassion to his brother. And he felt like his younger brother's return is actually a threat to his own inheritance. So, and at the end of the story, it says that um, the younger brother is actually found. So the younger brother is not lost anymore, but it doesn't tell uh, what happened to the older son. Um, so I would assume that the older son is still angry and upset because um, whatever happened uh, in the story, he still broke his father's heart as much as his younger brother did. And I think a lot of time I would relate to the older son because I was born in a Christian family. I go to church for as long as I remember, and I felt like I'm always doing something for Lord, for the Lord. Um, like Pastor Gizmet already said also, I'm in the care group ministry, I'm in usher ministry, um, and the Sunday service ministry, and that sometimes I feel like those things are chores. It's not something that I actually wanna do. Um, and I felt like I never, um, I should have gotten more of what I wanted in life um, than doing all of this stuff. But um, I think it reminded me in the story that my inward attitude is as important as my outward actions. And I can still be lost even in the Father's house. All right. Thank you, Kathleen. Let me do a housekeeping. Closer to you? <laughs> no, no, just keep uh, uh, six, six feet distance, right? <laughs>
Okay. Because we are on the national television here. Oh. So we have to be in the program. Alright, so um, thank you uh, Dama and Kathleen for the sharing. I believe uh, we are blessed to, to see your perspective about the, the parable of the, the lost son. And I think this parable is very rich. Right? You, can, you can see from different perspective. You are coming from the older son perspective. You are coming from the younger son perspective. And then we can, we can add from the father's perspective because the main character of the parable is the, the father's, right? the, the father's heart, how the character of the father's heart. So let me throw one question okay, to, to both of you. How do we relate ourselves to either one of the sons? Okay, you, you already explained about the older son, you already explained about the younger son. Can you relate to the younger son? Uh, yeah, I think so. I think uh, I can relate to the younger son. And I think it's similar to what Dhamma has said, right? Because sometimes we took God's love for granted. And sometimes I felt that way too, in the sense that um, I don't really need God and I can do everything in my own power. And yeah, so can you can you relate to yes, the older son? Yes, um, yeah, definitely, Pastor. I think um, right now, um, as a Christian, I'm already inside the house, right, the father's house. Mm -hmm. So it's a it's a good reminder for me. I think that um, whenever that I see that uh, one of my brother or sister except Christ join, uh, um, we, I I always remind myself that um, I have to welcome them too. You know. As, as the older son, I have to welcome and celebrate with my father. Sometimes, like, when we are too busy with uh, whatever that we are doing, sometimes it becomes a chore, like Kathleen said that. But uh, remember, this is not just a religion. This is not just an organization, but this is um, God's home, and this is our relationship with God. Okay. Right, nice. I, I think well, one of you mentioned about uh, the character of God that is uh, actively... Waiting, right? I don't know one of you, I believe, I think Dhamma, right? So mentioned because if you look at the, the parable, yeah. uh, the two parables before, right? You, you can see that the character of the father is actively looking, right? He left the 99 and then looking for the, the, the one that lost. And then uh, the woman who has the coin and then lost the coin is actively looking. And then this parable of the, the, the lost son is actively waiting. Mm. And he sees or saw the, the, the son, the younger son is coming from way off, he already running around and then, and then embraced him, right? So that's the, the character of, of our father. I think that's, that's a blessing for us. So the parable of the, the lost son is talking about the kingdom of heaven, the salvation, okay? So what, what, what does the word salvation mean to you? I don't know, Dama, do you want to go first? <laughs> okay. Um, for me, salvation um, is God's love. So when, when he died on the cross, he didn't pick and choose like, oh, I like this guy. I want to save this guy, but not this, the other guy. Um, I believe that God just died for everyone. So it's our, so he already died for us. So the next one is our action to whether we want to admit and accept that salvation or not. I think that's salvation for me. Uh, yeah, I think for me, salvation is actually God's grace for me. Um, it's something that I don't deserve. And it's so amazing that I can still be uh, a daughter of God and son of God, even though um, I'm in the state of uh, sinner state. Yeah. 
Yeah, sometimes we we underestimate uh, the grace of God, right? So uh, if if you can go back to the first twenty-eight, uh, probably the projection team, if you can uh, uh, display the the first twenty-eight. I think it's very very interesting when uh, yeah uh, twenty-eight. Okay, the, the older brother became angry. Uh, Kathleen explained that. Uh, and refused to go in. So his father went out and pleaded with him. Can, can you imagine like the father pleaded with him to come on in, come on in. It was like, man, I mean, if I'm, if I were the father, I'm like, oh, okay, just stay outside, man. <laughs> I, mean, I don't care. Okay. But, but then, and, and it's not about like the, the father is going to plead with us, but I think this is the, the, the picture of how the, 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 the father extends his grace, uh, his grace overflow. I think one, one of you also mentioned. And uh, I have a quote from, from Charles uh, Spurgeon. Uh, this is how grace works. It enters the soul, penetrates the heart, saturates the conscience, abides in the memory, affects the affection, gives understanding to the understanding, and imparts real life to the heart, which is the seed of life. That's how grace works, God's grace. I, I believe uh, when the, the younger son was uh, in trouble, he remembered about his, his father, uh, his father home. I think that's because God's grace, right? Give him understanding and then penetrates to his heart, to his soul. So it's good. All right, so I want to be more personal now. <laughs> I, I know you... You mentioned that you were coming from uh, non-Christian background, family, and I believe it will relate to, to most of us in this place. And how, how do you, or how do we put our family right, in, in, in the perspective of evangelism? Right, so you, you share a little bit about, about your story, uh, how a struggle it is, but do you, do you want to share something and then? Sure. Yeah. So. Um, like like I um, mentioned before, I come from a Buddhist background. Um, right now, uh, my father and my parents, even my brothers, um, I have three brothers, no sister, uh, are still Buddhist. So, um, to put it into perspective, um, my I don't really we don't really talk much. Me and my dad, we don't talk about girls. We don't really talk about business. But the only thing that connects me with him is this religion right here. I think it's his passion, you know, like Buddhism, helping people and all that. So when I accept Christ in 2012, um, I tried to find a job here uh, in the U.S. So I couldn't go back to Indonesia. So for about four years, I've been praying and I've been like, um, picture this like like a movie in my mind. How how can I talk to my dad? Like that I'm not Buddhist anymore. I accept Christ and I experience his love. And this is so real. That is really real. So um, I was afraid that I will get this on. So I remember this time when I'm going back to Indonesia, I tried to call T. Joy's mom, Tante Helen. I was like, uh, Tante, if, if I get this on, can I stay at your place? Because <laughs> I don't know, because it's, it's so scary. But um, it comes in all of the way that I, I try to rewind in my mind and try to make the best words how to say to my dad. It comes really unexpected to me. So, so it was the first morning he asked me to pray in Buddhist. So I said, 
I cannot. And then, and then I just be honest. And I think, I think the point is not about my words, not so much about the, th- the way that I think, but it's uh, God is working on their life too, I believe. So it's a prayer for, from, from everyone and also God working in him. I'm so grateful that uh, that morning he didn't tell me to pack up and go. <laughs> Instead, he, okay, um, okay, um, he just listened to me. He, he listened to my experience. And I think, I think um, yeah, I think that's, that's something that um, really amazing. Um, right now, he's back in Indonesia. I'm here in U.S. There's so much that I can say to him. Um, but hopefully, he can see it from my life. And the least thing that I can do for now is to pray for him, for, for, for my parents, for my family from here. I think that's all that I can do, Pastor. Okay. Yeah. Wow. Thank you, Dama. I, I, um, yeah, I mean, I just, I just so amazed that, that God not only blessed uh, you personally, but also your family. And I do believe that the truth that your parents still accept you, that's a, that's a blessing, right? That's a blessing. And then, I mean, there's no reason for, for us not to respect them, right? I mean, because God works. I mean, we cannot choose our parents, right? And that's, that's God's divine appointment to our life. So, so, so that's, that's, thank you, uh, Adama. And again, I mean, you put it very nice that you can, you can pray for them. That's probably... What you can do, because I believe that that's the Holy Spirit's works, uh, who will who will bless your your family, your parents. Kathleen, do you do you do you wanna? Uh, yeah, uh, not like Dhamma, uh, because like I said, right, I came from a Christian background, but of course not all my families are Christians. Um, but I think most, a lot of my families, when we become Christians, it's not. Are dis- actually our decision to become Christians. So, like I was, I didn't really know what actually means to be a Christian, and I don't know what it means to have a relationship with Jesus. And I think um, there are a lot of people um, like me in that position where Jesus was just a knowledge. So, um, and I think all I can do right now is, like Dama said and Pastor Kismet already said, is just to pray for them so that um, Jesus can become real in their life. And it's not just a knowledge that, you know, like they teach at school. And just be there for them if they need anything from us. Okay. Yeah, I remember uh, last year when we had a, a equipping session, Corden mentioned that, uh, well, evangelism can be done or can be needed within the church too because there's a lot of uh, Christian who just like the older son right <laughs> they they think that oh yeah uh, I'm I'm a believer I'm Christ follower but then they, they don't understand and they don't know their heart so so I think thank you uh, Dama and Kathleen so our uh, next question okay um, probably uh, Kathleen you can you can go first here I know you you are dealing with a lot of uh, young people in your care group and uh, oh, of course, you are still young too, right? <laughs> what, what 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 do you think the biggest challenge for young people to accept Jesus Christ as their Lord? I think the hardest challenge right now is uh, the presence of culture. Right now is very thick, and like all you can see is oh, you have to be independent, you have to be individualistic, 
You have to cancel all the bad things. You have to be politically correct. Um, I think those things are, uh, a lot of those things are self-centered. And when we're all in the middle of that, it's hard for us to see that we're not perfect and we have flaws and um, we need Jesus in our life. Can you can you elaborate a little bit about about self-centered? I mean, do you do you have any example like the culture that they're giving you pressure? You have um, to be perfect. You mentioned that that we have to be perfect in everything. Yeah, I think right now you can see um, what we can see is feed, right? And feed is sometimes uh, things that is not real. People made up a lot uh, for feeds. And what we see is that we have to match with whatever feed that we see. Mm. And when we try to be individualistic, it means that um, you can do everything on your own. You don't really need anyone else to do anything for you. Um, so yeah, when, you when, when, you say, when you say uh, feeds, mean the like the social media kind of thing yeah yeah yeah, yeah well, one time one time somebody said that we can be more real in a online right in person sometimes people are shy to talk but then in online you can you can you can talk everything but i was like how can you be real if your name is an uncle slash dojo or something <laughs> without without your your real name so no you cannot be real in a online right so uh do you want to add Then the, the biggest yeah. um, I think um, let me let me change the question a little bit. Um, um, how do we see young people, right? You say, uh, but I think I think it's important for us as a leader. So so change the perspective on how we see them. I think um, I think everyone um, is so special in Jesus' eye. So they will have their own time. You know when they are ready. Uh, they, I think Jesus have not not based on our timing. Instead, it's God's timing. So what can we do is just try to be patient with them. You know, like uh, whatever it is, we try to serve them, try to help them, um, and yeah, just try to be patient with um, their oh, time. Okay, okay. So basically, basically, you you mentioned that okay, we we see the challenge from yeah. their perspective, correct? To accept Jesus Christ, and then you mentioned also the challenge could be coming from us yeah, who are right. approaching to them. Sometimes yeah. we are we are lack of passion, <laughs> right? Yeah, yeah. Of course, yeah, right? yeah. I mean we try to approach the the person yeah. probably like a uh, one first rejection, yeah. second rejection, <laughs> third rejection, and then okay, that's one. Okay, I think that, that's good. I think yeah. I think it's needed, right, guys? Um, sometimes we are not passionate enough uh, to to reach out to people who. Um, who have not believed in Jesus Christ. And I think uh, the challenge, yes, the culture, I agree. Uh, I believe we, we agree that culture is very, very dominant right now. And then instead of church is influencing the culture, the culture is influencing us, the church. And it's supposed to be upside down, right? And then, and then you also mentioned about the, the challenge. Okay, so, so last, last question, okay? Uh, I, I want to uh, uh, quote from Hebrew Hebrew. Three, chapter 3, uh, verse 6. Uh, but Christ, as the Son, is in charge of God's entire house. And we are God's house. We are God's house. If we keep our courage and remain confident in our hope in Christ. 
So talking about church, about family, as we enter the presence of God, okay, as the younger son, we're coming back uh, to, to the house. So do you have any, as a conclusion, okay, so do you have any, any words of encouragement to the church uh, concerning Hebrew uh, 3.6, how to, to uh, uh, hold firm in our confidence and our trust in Jesus? I think I, I really like this verse uh, in Matthew 18.3. Um, I think it's, it's good to have a faith like a little child, you know. Mm. Sometimes um, it's not about um, so much about what do we do right or what do we do wrong. But I think if you come and ask God, you know, and, and like, like what I did before, are you, God, are you real? Um, you, don't, you don't really have to like kneel down and pray. To ask whether God is real. Sometimes when you, we, when you just have your own thoughts, it's, it's sometimes it's lonely, right? It's, it seems like we're just talking to ourselves, but God is there and listening to you. And when you ask, God will show it to you. I, I really believe that. So, yeah, I think uh, sometimes uh, maybe God has been sending you all the signal. Maybe God has been like pursuing you. Maybe it's your turn to take one step. Uh, maybe uh, join ministry. Um, um, if you need help, uh, ask for prayer. Or if, if you know somebody who needs prayer, you can, you can initiate like, can I pray for you? Sometimes it's not about that person. And, and yeah, I think, I think just be more sensitive because he is waiting. He is always there for us. Yeah. So I really believe that. Pastor. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Well, yeah. Ask, right? ask the, the yeah. question, and there's no there's no stupid question, guys. You can ask anything. If you have a if you have a kids at home, they will I mean they will ask you so many times. Even it becomes that we are annoying. So I think you feel free to be annoying in this house of the Lord. <laughs> Just keep asking. If you don't have, have understand, we have a leader, we have a pastor. If you have, a, well, can you can you explain about God? Can you explain about about the love of Jesus Christ? Hey, yes, we are we are here for you too. Catlin, do you, do you wanna? Yeah, since I think we already talked about culture, right? I think we're the minorities in the midst of culture. So I think it's hard for us to actually going against the grain, against the culture. Um, and like uh, Pastor Kismet already said, right, we're actually influenced by the culture. So I hope that we can um, help each other out in this house of God, right? Because the house of God is not only me, but it's all of us. So we can um, help each other out in, um, in the minorities and we can work in numbers and we can trust that we have greater power to influence um, the culture instead of us being influenced. Yeah. And I think it's good for us to you know, join care group, to have um, uh, friends in Christ and brothers in Christ, sisters in Christ to help each other out. Yeah, I think I think I think yeah. It's it's we, we encourage everybody to to involve in a care group or in the ministry in the church because because that's this is a family and then we can we can learn and then we can we can build up one another. When um, uh, the Bible says that um, iron sharpen iron, men sharpen one another, that could be true. The ministry, right? And it's just, it's it's very very a blessing uh, to to us basically if you have. Uh, in this house, and then we can we can we can unite our heart. We can we can serve together for the glory of God. Okay, all right, all right. Thank you so much, Dama Kathleen. Thank you, Pastor Smith.
Thank you, uh, very so blessed to have our leaders like like both of you, and then um, uh, pray that God will sharpen your your calling, your vision for this church, for your life as well. Amen. Amen. Pastor Ivan. All right. Hey, thank you so much, Dama and Kathleen, uh, and also Pastor Kismet for preparing. Thanks so much, guys, for coming. I know that a lot of us are traveling this weekend. Um, you know, I, I, I also came from a, a Buddhist family. Uh, I was praying for my, for my dad and mom. Actually, I was uh, kind of almost disowned by my, my dad because he cut me off financially, uh, especially when I made the decision to stay here in, in Seattle to serve God. Uh, actually, my dad says, you know what? You are done. You're on your own. Uh, but to cut the long story short, I went into prayer and fasting for my dad and mom for seven years. For seven years, I prayed for them, and the Lord God moved upon their lives. And today, my dad and mom became uh, my greatest champion in my ministry. So to those of you who did not come from a Christian family, you too can pray and fast for your family and see how God moved in your family. Amen? Would you all please stand and we'll close in prayer. Hallelujah, Lord Jesus. Again, to those of you who are uh, praying and interested in sponsoring the uh, family, uh, please do so uh, as soon as possible. Uh, Dama will be there to help you uh, register if you need help registering for sponsoring the family. Uh, if possible, if we can have the 20 families sponsored by today, that will be fantastic because they are waiting for us to move. Uh, you know, I, I'm just so thrilled to hear the 150 uh, people that got baptized through our contribution last year in Mumbai, guys, uh, because of your contribution and our contribution here, and not only we can feed and stop the hunger in Mumbai, but we saw 150 people uh, got baptized and more than 400 people received Jesus. To me, that is priceless. You know, that, that worth more than $300, guys, okay? So please do so as soon as possible because this campaign uh, only lasts for a couple of weeks here. So if we can close the deal today, that will be fantastic. To those of you tuning in, uh, you can go online and, and go uh, and sponsor the family too. And please let us know when you do so, amen? Let's all lift our hands up. Heavenly Father, thank you so much, Lord. Uh, for our next generation leaders, Father God, that are being trained, that are stepping up to uh, preach and share the gospel of Jesus, Father God, and to share their life stories and testimonies. Father God, I pray that as they go through the season of their life, Father God, in whatever season of life, we know, Father God, that you are equipping them for a greater faith to overcome the challenges of their own lives, Father God. Oh, they shall not fear because the Word of God says that He that is in us is greater than He that is in the world. Though maybe the circumstances and things that are going around us are not for us, they are so against us. But if God is for us, nothing can be against us. Therefore, I pray, Father God, for all uh, of your children in this house and those that are traveling this uh, special weekend, Father God, wherever they may be, I pray that the power of the Holy Spirit be with them from today till eternity, till the second coming of Christ and the favor and the countenance of the Lord shall shine upon them, Father God, that they shall be the head and not the tail. Thank you so much once again, Father God, and we pray for your blessing to be upon us, for our children and our children's children's and children's children's children's, Father God. And in Jesus' mighty name we pray. All God's people said, Amen. Hey, happy Sunday everyone. Happy Memorial Day. Thank you.